Hi, welcome all. Today our book is uh, Atlas of the Heart by Brené Brown. It's a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, the book is described as mapping meaningful connection and the language of human experience. Why you read this book? Generally, you would read this book not to understand as this is a it's like a dictionary of emotion, but it's not like a normal dictionary. instead it is uh, talking exploring more about the meanings of each emotions which you can understand from your side and which you can understand from the other person perspective as well so this will enhance the way we look at the relationship and the emotions so we'll get started on that so the key topics i will start with uh, a quote from jalaluddin rumi the poet stilling heart is a sea language is a shore whatever the sea includes will hit the shore so imagine your heart is having lot of emotions whatever the sea include whatever your heart include it will hit the shore it will hit the language but the point is that until and unless you don't have a meaningful language you cannot interpret it and you cannot make use of it so that's that's how we align with that particular quote so as i mentioned the key topics on this book it's not a dictionary of emotion but instead it's a reflection of emotions uh, how it started uh, the author is is a best selling author he is basically a social work and psychological research analyst and all these things so this come across a learning session about emotions of having around 66000 participants and around they collected 550000 comments about emotions from all of these participants then after doing that a team of researchers and psychologists analyze all these comments and then they nail down to 87 human emotions and experience so this book is a result of that and why the name atlas of the heart because map is something which is very important to the human civilization it's it it's a uh, it is there since the dawn of civilization and until now it allow us to move forward and understand our path and correct to the correct location that's why we are going to the multiple paths of our heart which is the emotional storehouse or emotional producing place and that's how it is so we'll just have a, an excerpt from the book science is not the truth instead it is a way of finding the truth when science change opinion when what galileo did what newton did what einstein did lot of people did afterwards so when science change an opinion it did not lie to us instead it learned more so we'll start with that keep that in your mind when you're having this book summary about the author this is brene brown she written couple of books this is the most important or my favorites if i tell you uh, gift of imperfection dare to lead daring greatly 
power of vulnerability and rising strong out of this gift of imperfection and dare to lead is very nice and others also it's very good so we'll go to the first chapter so all of the chapters are around the places we go because we are talking about the map of the heart places we go when things are uncertain okay uncertain situations first is stress when the demand is beyond our ability that's how the stress is going to come where stress is part and parcel of the human like our current generation because always we are coming to a progress where everything is needed more and more there is not going to end on the improvement and efforts so we live in an information age in a computer age where things are all demanding so overall it is an extreme level of stress so the book talked about uh, the author itself she is working on a restaurant industry and we you know the restaurant or any other industry demands a work on a high scale because we are all having corner around around the capitalist thing of growth and more profit and all this thing so maximum effort maximum profit so that's about on a business perspective that's other way also so stress is something which is above our ability and overwhelming an extreme level of stress here anxiety it's also another emotion here it's an intolerance for uncertainty it's not stress it's not anxiety is something like whenever we found that something is not certain we found a ways to take control of that situation so there is a quote from elizabeth gilbert which is very much to that you are afraid of surrender because when you surrender to yourself that is where the peace will come uh, and you surrender to yourself or surrender to god or surrender to almighty but you are afraid to surrender gilbert is telling because you don't want to lose control but you never had control all you have is anxiety because actually we think that we are controlling all of our emotions all of the surrounding around us but the point is that even we are not even control of ourselves we are only control in a very limited way and also our external surroundings we don't have that much control over our external surroundings so we are afraid of surrender because we are thinking we are we will lose control we think that we are managing everything so but we never had control and all we have anxiety worry and fear worry is a thinking part of anxiety we worried ourselves and we kept on worrying and we think that if you don't worry uh, it will not solve so we thinking by worrying it we think we are trying to solve something and fear is something happening in the present of the anxiety as well so vulnerability it's also an emotion of uncertainty vulnerability happens uh, when we are doing something which you have not done before and it is a prerequisites for most of the creative endeavor because most of the things something new you have to do you have to be prepared to be vulnerable otherwise it will not work so vulnerability emotion of times during uncertainty risk and emotional exposure courage and vulnerability because until and unless you don't have a courage to occupy or or present something you cannot overcome the vulnerability it is one of the important aspect of leadership 
vulnerability is very important because you have to come across a lot of things which you have not done before and you have to have that dare and courage to be vulnerable to just go through the things all right and she has an important book about the same power of vulnerability if you're interested to read on that particular topic places we go when we compare so when we try to compare ourselves with others these are the places we'll go comparison crush for conformity one side and competition from other side when we try to compete we simultaneously try to fit in and stand out the point is that we want to be like other person if you try to compare ourselves with our colleague or our someone else or our neighbor or all these things same way we want to fit into that perspective and we want to all, all like stand out also from that but better than that so a book is telling about a scenario where grass is always greener on the other side it's a telling a story that there is a neighbors both have a grass there when one person look from one side he is seeing the back side of the grass always which is not that much greener but on the other side it is greener so whenever the neighbor look at other other fence he is always is greener there but for his own grass it is not that greener so that's us trying to explain about the comparison aspect admiration admiration is uh, improve like others but not the same this is similar like when we admire someone when we admire some gurus or some celebrities or some players we try to admire to use them as an icon for improvement but it is not necessary that we want to be become the same it's just an inspiration only it's not like more that much impactful like admir- uh, comparison reverence it's it's more more than that it it is not comparison it is not admiration but it is something like we respect that person and we want to be have a desire to get connected to that person that's what reverence is talking about envy and jealousy envy and jealousy is one of the two emotions which try to be just presented in two different aspect it is not the same actually it's two different thing envy is something when we want something what other person have but jealousy is not that one jealousy is not because mostly we interpret envy as jealousy jealousy is something more profound than that it is a fear of losing relationship loss of love and affection and attention so my angelo has a interesting poem regarding the same selling that jealousy is something like a salt so salt in romance little is good it will enhance his taste little more may just spoil that a more of that will even be threatening to the life itself telling you can increase salt can increase your blood pressure and it can have get uh, in a critical situation as well resentment schadenfreude and freudenfreude resentment as we know we try to resent with something like we don't like it so we don't want to explain more about that but schadenfreude is something about like a sadistic behavior where we find joy on someone else's pain example is mentioned there is like something about covid period where when we have vaccine and other people who don't have vaccine or who don't like to have vaccine and they get infected and we try to have joy in that or or similar situation we try to tell someone that don't do that but he'd go and do that and he went into trouble and we have a that that feeling of joy when someone is suffering 
Fraud and fraud is opposite of that. It's like we have, we get joy when other person is having successful and all. So places we go when things go not go as planned. So this one is boredom, uncomforting and satisfying. Boredom usually tasked by you by others. Bill Gates, because if something is not going as per the plan, we get bored on that. So boredom is something like you don't think, you don't find a meaning of doing something, and we feel that boredom is too much hurting. But author is trying to tell that boredom is actually having lot of other aspects also. It is it is a it is a start of lot of things exploring emotions or creativity and all. Even uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos used to do some like boredom things, just uh, washing plates or dishes in the kitchen and. a poker games by bill gates all these things so that will enhance the creativity even sometime when we use lot of good ideas come when we are in shower or when do shaving archimedes got his archimedes principle when he was bathing so brene brown also she is telling that she used to watch some predictable mysteries which mysteries are very much predictable she exactly know who is going to be uh the culprit but still she will watch and such boredom things multiple times enhance the creativity because doing nothing can make brain into creating lot of patterns which was nowhere available in other cases disappointment is unmet expectations so expectation is important so he is telling that if you are if you don't these two things are telling one is on a professional setting another one is a personal setting brene brown is talking about her personal experience when she get married and the first time she having a birthday and he was expecting that his husband will her husband will do same level of celebration like her parents was doing but unfortunately it did not happen and she went to a therapist and complain about this so therapist asked her did you did you ask about it did you tell uh, steve about that so she is telling no if i ask about it why why it is it's it's not important so she is telling if you don't ask about it it's not worth it that's what she is trying to tell so the next chapter is places we go when it is beyond us so here confusion queue for new territory adam grant so when things are beyond our interpretation or something we go to a place we think that confusion it has to be resolved fast but it is not necessary that when we have a places which is beyond us that is a chance for effective learning and understanding innovation start there innovate and wander is an interesting book by walter isaacson about the same about amazon and how they are thriving so <clears throat> curiosity and interest it's also the similar part author is trying to explain that when something is beyond our understanding curiosity is there but for curiosity to have there should be some level of basic understanding of the topic a desirable difficulty is there but that will enhance our curiosity and interest surprise it is not always rewarding so surprise is something also beyond us but we are as a person we all think that we all like surprises but interesting fact from the research is that we don't always like research we sometime research will be painful surprise will be painful for us also when things are in what they seem complexity you don't have to simplify it as adam grant mentioned like when things are complex we try to simplify it we don't like 
complexity we think that everything has to be simpler and simpler this is what einstein told uh, but actually the complexity allow us to go to places where we don't know and we can explore the things so that's what einstein in the book think again he's talking about learning unlearning and thinking again bitter sweet is also an emotion mentioned here it's a mixed feeling of sad happiness which i'm sure we don't need much explanation we all know that's exp- expression of feeling of sad and this one it is something beyond us but it's somewhere in between but it, the research is telling that this is only happening in the adult people and it's not happening for the children's nostalgia <clears throat> this may be an interesting thing if you are just out of campus maybe you will be talking more about this word nostalgia and all but actually nostalgia on 19th century and before it was considered as a sickness something like we are living in the past but nowadays we are not using it as a sickness term instead we used to have it like something like a romantic like a mystic term used by that even now the politicians which is uh, the book is talking about a capital center attack by the donald trump and his followers is talking about rumination like whatever happening on the past it is considered to be better than what is happening now so that nostalgic thing is so much close to it is beyond our understanding we just run for it and we just explore and have an interest on the same <clears throat> cognitive dissonance uh, this one is maybe uh, you come across this term it is same way like we try to when there is a conflicting two opinion we try to favor find reasons to just go to one side which we try to accept so we're trying to tell loin fistinger is the person who invented that cognitive dissonance so he tried to explain it using a a doomsday experiment where he's telling that at particular day in 1954 say the world is going to die some people are telling about that so the all the people who followed them they sold all their items everything and they prepared for that and some people didn't do that so after that particular day imagine nothing happened that particular doomsday nothing happened to that planet then the people who sold all their item they tried to find a reasons to justify their own actions that's how uh, they are explaining this cognitive dissonance so this is also something beyond us when some particular thing is beyond our understanding our mind try to find a reason to fit into that and we try to find our own explanation to go to our side and fit into our own side sarcasm <clears throat> which also didn't do need much explanation but it is the book is telling the research told that it is something like to tear the flesh it is something too hurtful that when you are sarcastic be careful places we go when we are hurting anguish almost unbearable and traumatic swirl of shock so this is also mostly known a traumatic incident it it come from the bone so it's not even something from the heart it is book is telling anguish is something it's out of your brain or body can it's coming from the bones so it take all of the control of your whole body hope hopelessness and despair which also need not much explanation so we are not talking much about that but this particular book is talking about marty seligman research on personalization permanence and pervasiveness 
what happen is that some people when get hopeless they try to take it personal that topic they try to think it this is all happening to me only and they try to think that this is going to be there for a long time permanence and this is pervasiveness they try to imprint that particular hopelessness and despair on all the things <clears throat> sadness also interesting in the research because people we all think that we all like to be happy but actually important thing is that and it was also very curious that from the research that why people like sad movies and all so what they try to understand it is that when we are watching something sad movies and all we try to be in way that to be more human like we want to be part of that person suffering so that is what make us interested in sad movies and all grief it's an attempt to reinform and reconstruct the world challenged by loss if you have lost over important person or important to you something we try to reinform and reconstruct our world that's what grief is going to make when we are hurting places we go with others in the heart compassion understand and accept the share humanity compassion is taught up about like relational understanding and is so it's not comparison it is something like i am what i am you are you are and you just like something like what namaste is talking about like there is a relational understanding and action i am and you are equal and we totally respect each other and compassionate each other it is not same as empathy or comparison empathy is something you try to understand other person uh, feeling you empathize with them it is not sympathy it is not pity but it is you try to take the perspective of that other person is that because be careful when you try to empathize sometime you will get into trouble of sympathizing and pity on that so you have to take a perspective taking order out of judgment and recognizing the emotions so that way you can empathize it better that's what book is telling about <clears throat> comparative suffering this also happened when we when we go with others when we go with others we think that our problems are bigger than the other problems so our heart always try to think that my suffering is better than other so that way try to uh, like exaggerate the topics comparison fatigue loss of compassion at service when we try to give compassion more and more we come to a point where we get compassion fatigue and we we lost the reason to get compassionate so that's what this point is talking about and the importance of boundaries because boundary is something may be a debated topic we all think that we should not have boundaries we should be just extended ourselves in terms of love and but what what author is trying to tell is that what he she learned from the philosophers gurus and all these meditation people are saying we should have a boundary so boundary is something a distance at which which i can love you and me simultaneously after some point maybe i will not be loving me i will be loving you more or i it is the other case so boundary is something a place in between where both things will happen because without the boundary you will have lot of problems so you should have a proper boundary this is an interesting book about boundaries which i mentioned here so if you're interested we can read that also <clears throat> places we go when we fall short shame it's a fear of disconnection feel when we are flawed or unworthy so it's a shameful situation i'm sure everybody know what a shameful situation is it's an antidote to empathy and self compassion it's an opposite of that 
so shame happen and feel between people so imagine shame is you are there when nobody is there in the world or you are getting shameful in mars or jupiter or somewhere where nobody is there and nobody is looking at it you don't have the same feeling of shame but which you are having here so practicing critical awareness speaking shame and reaching out may be a solution to shame <clears throat> perfectionism uh its book is talking about like shame is a birthplace of perfectionism because we think that perfectionism is better it is something for improvement uh but in actual case no it is the core trying to earn approval and acceptance it is not always getting improvement it is trying to tweak around the things it's trying to earn approval and acceptance by making it perfection so perfection you will not achieve perfection by that by just doing practicing perfectionism guilt is falling short on our own expectations and standards we think ourselves that that should not be there and we did that so we think that as per our morals and values that should not be happened the feel guilty about that humiliation someone else pointed out the flaw we don't agree and deserve so it is a flaw but someone else pointed out that and we think that it's a, we don't deserve it so all cruel acts start with humiliation that's what the book is talking about you can you can think about it as the book get longs will not explain much on that embarrassment self conscious discomfort to a minor incident we feel on others as well so this is something like we 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 found somewhere from ourselves or in other places we think it should not be that way sometimes if we look at it in a tv show or some somebody is doing something and we we try to stop them or thinking that okay let that person don't do that so that like like level of embarrassment self conscious discomfort to a minor incident <clears throat> Uh, this is the places we go when we search for connection so belonging be sure it's a social being when demand is beyond our ability uh, we believe and belong fitting in and accepted by others so when we search for connection when the demand of we need to beyond our ability we try to go that when we get accepted by others diversity and inclusion so when we go into places where things are diverse normally such need for connection only thrive when there is an opportunity for growth there so author is telling if there is some clubs or groups that will thrive in a diverse environment because there is a need for growth backed by need for connection backed by the growth in all other cases it is rare chance a diversity can get an inclusion possible disconnection when efforts for connection not succeed so we try to connect with someone and it is not at all happening we disconnect from that and we find our own reasons to get disconnected insecurity when we overly critical about ourselves so also like i'm sure everybody feel insecure in multiple reason based on your job or financial or any other level but we are most of the times this insecurity is not by that actual reason we are overly critical about ourselves that's what creating that insecurity invisibility deprived on unacknowledged group so we when we feel that we are overlooked or in, ignored that's where this invisibility feeling will come it is not same as discrimination it is different but it is something about invisible <clears throat> 
places we go when the heart is open all about love it's an interesting book by bell hooks a new york times bestseller as well and uh, love maybe everybody know what is ex- explanation of love it's a, but its book is mentioning preoccupying strong desire for further connection that's what love is it's not what we give and get because if you think about love in that way you'll not get it or you'll not be happy with love it is something we nurture and grow so heartbreak happening because when we think about give and take yes and we get betrayed also when they when you put too much trust on love so betrayal is there when the trust is there and heartbreak is there when things are getting lost so when life is good contentment uh, so quote is there from dalai lama when you are discontent you always want more 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 your desire can never be satisfied but when you practice contentment you can say to yourself oh yes i ha- already have everything i already needed so it's somehow like contentment is something similar to a gratitude discontent is just opposite of that so some people uh, such level of discontent happening in the heart can just just come across many things on all of our actions we do it in <clears throat> in all of our actions including purchasing or lot of other things so when you are content you will feel satisfied but in discontent you always want more in everything what you have gratitude this is happen when there is a deep appreciation of what we value make meaning of appreciation so feeling connected to us even at any particular time even the most discontented person he can find himself in things which he already have and he can find contentment and gratitude on that so it is feeling connected to us and others and feel connected to our own things and what others have we are grateful for what we have and what we don't have so when we feel wronged places we go anger i think everybody know about this something get in a way of our desired outcome mostly we think that we get anger when we get out of mood or something like that but that is not something anger maybe something else like frustrations or something but anger is something like the desired outcome is not what we expected it is not only an emotion but it's an emotional celebration you can see many things a real person behind anger <clears throat> disgust it's a staying away from the source of disgust so if you get disgusted the book is telling normally a heartful intention is to get away from that disgust heart they don't like that so you stay away from the source of disgusting person so that's how the places will dehumanization when we think that we the person is not at all like correct or completely wrong we try to dehumanize that person and make someone less human and we try to tell that this person does not get does not uh, deserve a human appreciation or human attention so we then we treat him like that the places we go when we self assess there's also a pride a feeling of accomplishment pride people think that pride goes before the fall uh, pride, pride is not ego generally pride and ego is different pride is a feeling of accomplishment Uh, but hubris is uh, something an inflated sense of one's own ability tied for dominance than actual accomplishment so we feel ourselves that we are something more 
sense of ability and we think that by that more we want to get dominance among a group than our actual accomplishment something like a flamboyant so that's about the end of the book so thank you for joining so feel free to give your feedback as comments likes subscribes and until we come across our next book thank you all bye for now